So bureaucrat is our vision of how the government should function in the age of AI. And it is a virtual assistant in short. Bureaucrat is Siri on steroids. Welcome to this podcast created by the Estonia Briefing Center. In this series, we invite some of the most influential people in politics and business to discuss all angles of digitalization in Estonia and the world. From past learnings to current challenges and future plans. So take a seat, pour yourself a glass of your favorite drink and enjoy the art of digitalization. Hello and welcome to yet another iteration of the art of digitalization done by the Estonia Briefing Center. My name is Florian and today I have a very special guest with us. Um, it is Ott Felsberg. He is the Chief Data Officer of the Republic of Estonia. Ott, how are you today? I'm doing great. You're doing great. Thank you. Um, to those that are following all things Estonia, uh, just earlier today we had uh, the digital discussion on artificial intelligence. And we hope that you enjoyed it very much. Uh, so we will cover some of uh, the similar topics here today, but we will also find some specific tidbits uh, for those that are listening to everything related to Estonia. The first question will be a bit more general, I guess. What does a chief data officer actually do all day? So it's actually a more complicated question than it uh, well, might sound. We have time on the we podcast, have time. So no worries. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily, we have time. So the short answer would be that I oversee the strategic coordination of data governance, data science, uh, including artificial intelligence, open data, uh, citizen-centric data governance, and other, other fields. And uh, But... Why it's more complicating because in the end, as the government is quite clean, um, the chief data officer itself. So I end up carrying out projects. Uh, legislation is definitely one part. International cooperation. So it is it is really kind of different tasks that are needed for the government as a whole to actually move forward. And on top of that, while kind of the focus right now is on public sector itself, then of course we need to work as a team on building kind of the human capacity, uh, work on education. For instance, a few years ago, I put together a master's degree program on data science that today Tartu University carries out. Mm -hmm. So it is not only the government itself, we need to work on kind of the wider population and different initiatives, for instance, to raise uh, data literacy. Uh, when you mentioned that that master's program, was that more of a personal initiative of uh, of yourself, or or would that be something that would have happened one way or another because it's part of some formalized strategy inside the Estonian government? So it's actually a great question. Uh, it uh, created some tension between different ministries mm -hmm. because. Uh, Ministry of Economic Affairs and Communication itself, which is your employer, yes. which, is, which is my employer, is not per se responsible for education in Estonia. Mm -hmm. But sometimes when we see that there are areas related to um, ICT that we need to develop and there is no kind of market 
uh, that fills that needs and other agencies, ministries don't fill up that need as well. We unfortunately have to step in ourselves to make sure that our ecosystem functions the way that we expect. Greetings to all of our friends from the education ministry. Uh, Absolutely. On, on Hi. Um, I mean, having taken my second master's degree in, in Estonia, I'm very grateful for all the all the hard work you undoubtedly do every day. Um, regards, with regards to that that master's program or, or more widely these, uh, let's call them initiatives that depend on uh, individuals at the end of the day, you know, just having having these ideas. Do you feel like Estonia is particularly pragmatic in, in this kind of uh, area? Or do you see other countries where uh, one person, because of the, the, the lean management and the, the, the lean uh, architecture, can, can make these kinds of changes? Or would you th- say that's uh, something rather specific to Estonia? So Estonians are definitely more pragmatic. Mm-hmm. And it is really to do with the kind of our number of people we have, the resources we have. So everything always has to be pragmatic in the end. Mm-hmm. So it's it's even the case in education. We uh, often try to get the most out of the student, uh, whether it is in through collaboration with private sector or even the government itself. We try to maximize. And the kind of uh, the underlying thing that I see in different projects is efficiency. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, the downside of um, carrying out projects in such ways that we often forget the kind of the human quality side mm-hmm. of things. Yeah. So kind of customer satisfaction of services. We often forget to measure that. That doesn't mean that we don't pay attention, but kind of there is a mantra that uh, let's try to be as proactive, as efficient as possible. Yeah. So it has downsides. And then the question is, uh, are we actually delivering on all of these uh, things that we set our, ourselves? Um, absolutely. We mentioned education, and I think this is where we can slowly head towards uh, the, the more of the essence of your job, um, which which I guess relates to, to data, uh, awareness, quality, governance, and so on. Um, one thing that seems to be a particular concern for many people today is is data privacy and protection um but more as a as an obscure term that people have heard but are not quite sure how to exercise uh, privacy or how to make sure that um uh, data protection is enshrined and and really practiced uh, every day um do you feel like Estonians overall, because of their digital government, have a higher level of awareness of how their data is being used? And and if so, why? And if not, um, why the hell not? That's an interesting question. And I think right now what I see is that uh, there is a large number of population mm-hmm. of people that actually don't pay that much regard when it comes to data privacy and uh, how even the government itself functions, to be honest. Uh, there's a lot of trust. Mm-hmm. That's that's one of the issues behind that. So even if we had an ID crisis, for instance, a few years ago, then we didn't see the drop in the usage of uh, government services. And similarly, when we look at the data tracker, which provides an overview um, to citizens how the government processes data, then it is only twenty to 30,000 people who actually on kind of monthly basis, look at the, the data tracker itself. And so, have, yeah, um, and for those who don't know, 1.3 million people in Estonia. So not too much. And uh, we similarly carried out kind of a uh, survey among citizens mm-hmm. on 
how do you perceive the risks of AI? And it kind of reflects the ambitions and the way people in Estonia kind of go on with their life. Mm. One third, one third found that AI might in some way negatively affect them. One mm. third. So it's not too bad. One third found that it's the best thing to happen to the humankind. But now comes the Estonian part. One third said they don't give nothing. They don't care if the government uses AI, if we use blockchain. They don't Just care. Just do my services. Just deliver the best services possible. Mm. So that's kind of the way people see that. It's just another technology. It's just another way of operating. And as long as it doesn't affect my life in a negative way, let it be. Let it go. Would you say that is a a laudable, a positive um feeling or vibe that mm. that people say we are comparably pragmatic or do you say that that is a potential risk because people are maybe uh i mean it doesn't matter whether they should be for or against but they should have an opinion on this uh, how do you feel about this so people in Estonia have opinion and mm. it is more related to that we are more and more getting used to how the government itself or how kind of Estonia operates So if someone goes abroad, then they typically have the kind of uh, aha moment where they found out like, ah, okay, this is not the typical way how the government functions. I have had this situation myself a few times, um, still currently working in Sweden as well. Things are different, guys. Things are different, even uh, declaring your taxes. That takes a lot more time. You get uh, mm-hmm. a huge pile of papers through mail and then you need to send them back. So it's a different way how people function and operate. And as a result, our expectations in Estonia, they are we are so used to how mm-hmm. the government functions. So if nothing bad happens, then we end up not paying attention each day how things go. And this is uh, similarly to data privacy. Of course, everyone knows we carry out kind of uh, really kind of wide scale, for instance, on cybersecurity, the risk and yes. so on. Yeah. So awareness campaigns, they have their role, mm-hmm. but people don't think about things on daily basis because they are so used to that. So it's a positive thing, but as it's uh, with everything, if you're too comfortable, you often kind of forgot the basics. Um, you, you mentioned an interesting point about uh, AI, people not even being aware potentially, you know, um, uh, what it could contribute or, you know, they don't care as long as it works. Um, I feel like this could be a, a sort of watershed moment um, if we compare it to infrastructure projects uh, supported by EU funds where there has to be this big sign uh, that says EU fund supported. And uh, maybe uh, at the end of uh, every single uh, proactive service or AI-based solution, you can say, this service was provided to you by AI uh, so that people have a better idea of, of how it all works. But I guess that would not be very practical. So how How do we strengthen this sort of um, awareness of what AI can do for us and already does today? Because um, you mentioned it all also earlier today. How many AI use cases do we have in the public sector today? So the short answer is yes. over 80 yeah. and with over 30 projects ongoing. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm not sure whether it is just about raising awareness um, by kind of providing information that you're now, for instance, <laughs> communicating with the AI. Yeah. I would expect that most people would understand that anyways. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is definitely about kind of raising the overall awareness, um, kind of putting the focus where it's necessary. For instance, right now we are really discussing on how to improve Estonian language technology kind of uh, prediction and how well it's uh, working. And as part of that, 
we need everyone's help mm-hmm. to donate their uh, different uh, speech uh, so we can transcribe them and based on that data we can then train better models for f- speech transcription and uh, w- even machine translation mm-hmm. and this is something that everyone in the end uses and i see similar kind of uh, non-awareness in other areas as well for instance let's take open data mm-hmm. so in open data typically the question from the government agencies is yeah but you keep t- uh, talking about open data but is every anyone really using open data? And sure, the short no an- one's looking at our portals. Yeah. <laughs> and the short answer is actually, of course. Yeah. And the European Commission last year carried out an uh, kind of impact assess- uh, assessment on how big is the Estonian market for open data. Mm-hmm. And open data has a market value roughly of 350 million euros. That is a lot. Yeah. That is a lot. But people don't uh, are not aware. And in the end, if you use Google Translate, if you use Bing Translate, if mm. you use Waze, Google Maps, any of the big vendor uh, kind of solutions, you actually are using a part of open data that the mm. government has provided. So it's it's. I think the government can do more on awareness raising. That's yeah. the kind of short answer. Now, one of the spearheading projects that I believe you are working on at the moment is what the Estonians like to call bureaucrat. Can you explain to us what it is, what it does, and where in the development stage we are? So bureaucrat is our vision of how the government should function Mm -hmm. in the age of AI. And it is a virtual assistant in short. So uh, people who are familiar with um, Apple Siri or Amazon Alexa... Bureaucrat is Siri on steroids. So providing services, being proactive if you are kind of uh, able to receive any benefits from the government, if your passport uh, expires, if you need to get your third dose of vaccine, for instance. Mm -hmm. So it is about providing kind of seamless way to interact with the government from one uh, uh, contact point. So you don't need to specifically know which government agency to contact, which government employee to contact. And you really have a kind of a more easier way to interact, whether it is through speech, through sign language, through text. Of course, in in the beginning, we are talking about uh, text and voice, but Mm -hmm. I hope that we can provide services really in a kind of, um, in a way that everyone in the society has fair access. And uh, I'm just going to make a nice call to everyone um, in uh, Vabamo. Actually, in a few weeks' time, we are going to open um, then e-Estonia kind of uh, an, etos, um, an exhibition. Exhibition, exactly, an exhibition. And uh, we are going to introduce how has been this journey for e-Estonia for mm-hmm. the last thirty years. So. I previously talked about raising awareness. Yes. That's just one way to do that. And uh, kind of the uh, future look is on bureaucrat. So if uh, anyone wants to kind of dive in on what we have done, mm-hmm. then that's one chance. But the short answer back to the question, how <laughs> and how far we are, uh, right now we are in development. Yeah. So uh, on the 24th of February last year, we came out with the bureaucrat concept. We carried out various uh, analysis. And by the end of this year, we are going to implement bureaucrat at border, uh, police and border control, national library, and um, consumer protection authority. Mm-hmm. So on three different agencies. And as a result, 
whether you contact the police or national library, you will still kind of uh, get an answer to your question. And we are next year already coming out with the first public services as well. So mm. whether it is borrowing a book and receiving it uh, at your mailbox, that's the kind of idea. So I guess what many of the listeners will be wondering, because they're dealing uh, in exactly these topics that we're talking about, um, is how do you make these different government agencies or, or public authorities um, comply and go in the same direction with you? Um, surely, uh, is that a challenge in Estonia or um, uh, do we just have some uh, bold and brave pilot projecteers uh, that then inspire the rest of us? How does it work? So when it comes to AI, um, we are actually kind of um, the pilotiers and mm -hmm. uh, we provide a lot of support to different agencies. So when it comes to AI, I guess around half of the projects right now that we have carried out have to some degree been influenced uh, by the ministry itself. So whether it is in ideation phase, trying to actually help uh, different agencies to understand how AI can support them, mm -hmm on their business problem. But it always starts out by understanding what is the problem that the agencies right now have, and then to see if AI is just one of the kind of technological solutions to solve that. We provide funding. Also, we have kind of more strict mechanism. Mm -hmm. um, we have the strategic agenda for 2030 that uh, also sees that um, Estonian government should be um, AI-powered. Yeah. So we have the strategic vision, but also on a practical level, we support everyone that wants to invest in the area. So about these small problems that all the different agencies have, um, do you always approach them or do you always, uh, or at least partially have uh, them approaching you saying, hey, we, you know, at the National Library, we really have this one problem. Can you solve this with AI? Does that happen sometimes or can you give some examples for that? Yeah, it's both ways. Okay, great. So um, some of uh, some of the organizations we uh, approach ourselves, mm -hmm. but typically it starts out that uh, we have this kind of uh, uh, bi-monthly uh, meetups where different agencies uh, present and discuss what they have done when mm -hmm. it comes to AI. Uh, this is just one way to kind of to spark uh, the motivation and interest in the field itself. Mm. And we have concrete different formats that we can provide. For instance, brainstorming, uh, deep dive. Uh, deep dive is a kind of a coherent format to mm. think through the ideas and then end up with a kind of theoretical concept on how to actually carry out the project itself. Yeah. And in the end, we provide funding as well. Um, Which probably brings us to the next question that also um, some uh, people in the e-government sector will be interested in. What does it all cost? Uh, so uh, what is the budgeting for this? You mentioned that um, the Ministry for Economic Affairs and Communications is uh, primarily funding this. Is it the sole funder or sponsor of, of this uh, undertaking or what's going on there? So it, we're not sole undertakers. Mm -hmm. Of course, we have uh, our friends from Minister of Education, Minister of Finance. Mm -hmm. uh, but when it comes to different projects, then I think it might be interesting that the average project cost right now is around 50 to 60,000 euros. But we have seen projects uh, asking for funding for as little as uh, five to 7,000 euros. Mm -hmm. So kind of the expectations typically is that uh, everything is extremely costly. And um, as part of our strategy, we have the basic AI components, so mm -hmm. reusable components that everyone can use. 
And on those projects, the implementation costs, they are even lower because mm-hmm. we have already developed a kind of base technology and it is more about adapting to different uh, organizational needs. Mm-hmm. For instance, we have textual analytics toolkit. Yeah. Um, now, one thing that may feed into this, not from an internal perspective, but rather from an external ex- uh, perspective, is uh, the uh, program that recently concluded. It was the application phase for the digital testbed framework, uh, where to those people that are not in the know, um, effectively, the Estonian government said, hey, guys around the world, uh, what kind of cool ideas do you have? And uh, maybe we can uh, make them happen or help make them happen uh, in Estonia. Um, what are the hopes uh, that you guys have with regards to this project uh, and uh, what do you think is the sort of uh, frame of, of what we can make happen within this project? Mm-hmm. So we have built out this kind of um, a sandbox mentality for some time. Uh, we actually started out uh, carrying out the first sandbox initiatives when it came to AI. So... Uh, this was kind of a natural extension that let's go from what we have learned uh, when it comes to AI and extend it across the globe. Mm-hmm. Government as a pilot uh, organization to test out your ideas. And as a result, uh, the solution itself is open source, everyone can use. And uh, it's really about testbed. My own hope is that um, we can validate and provide kind of support to great ideas. Mm-hmm. And I can say that uh, during the first phase, there were some really interesting ideas that we followed up and uh, we are right now kind of working on formalizing that. So it, I can already see that it really pays off. Um one thing that struck me when I when I looked at the application page, and I, what I hope, what I assume, is also the same or very similar uh, for these projects under uh, under bureaucrat that we we, we talked about before, um, is that these application procedures seem to be pretty unbureaucratic. Um, how long does it usually take to to file one of these applications? Is it uh, like also also for these internal programs? Would that be something that um, uh, a dedicated team can do in a day or? Um, how does it work? Yeah, it's it's completely unbureaucratic. So if an agency wants to collaborate, either call me or email <laughs> me and it's done. <laughs> Let's agree for on the first meeting. So it's completely unbureaucratic. There is no kind of application forms or anything uh, similar to that. So it's, it's really simple. Mm-hmm. And at the same time, I, I think uh, when we look at the overall kind of uh, government strategy itself, yeah. When we talk about specific projects, it's worth noting that the overall government strategy for AI mm-hmm. was only 12 million euros. Yeah, And it included education, uh, businesses, and so on. So we unfortunately have to be unbureaucratic because we don't have the time and money to yeah. uh, waste on that. No so it, go- it, yeah, it goes back to the thing I mentioned before, efficiency. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's good. To Let's be, get the results. It's good to be poor, isn't it? No. It is. <laughs> no, I, th- I think actually there is a lot of, uh, you know, there are a lot of things to say about this ethos of um, pragmatism. J- just just mm-hmm. trying things out. If it doesn't work, we'll drop it. If it works 95%, we'll implement it and we're going to improve the last 5% while it's online so it can already help most of the people. So this this approach is really, really uh, critical, I think. Abs- absolutely. And I keep on telling everyone that uh, kind of the simplicity is the key. Mm-hmm. Keep it simple. 
people often kind of complicate things that they want to achieve the best solution possible. All We're, inclusive for every single person. Every in society. every yes. person, every use case. But simplicity is the key. Mm-hmm. And through starting to understand that AI can really kind of help automating simple tasks. Of course, it can provide uh, kind of much welcomed, uh, look forward recommendations as well. Mm. We we go that direction as well. But people typically forget that there is a lot of kind of uh, low-hanging fruits to be uh, kind of uh, get really fast. I was about to say in the in the CIO's office, uh, the low-hanging fruit is a is a much discussed topic um, because they are attractive and delicious. So why not take them? Exactly. Um, last but not least, perhaps a look abroad as well. Um, I'm sure that you're in touch with with all of the the big uh, decision makers and stakeholders around the world, um, as you should in your position. And um, I guess the question is. Uh, where uh, can we look, which countries can we learn from in terms of AI and data quality and data governance and so on, and why? So there are really great uh, partners that we are working with. Um, Canada is uh, one of them, New Zealand, um, UK, um, Ireland. Hmm. This is especially when it comes to data governance. Uh, Canada has its own practical means to address uh, AI ethics. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they have developed the algorithmic impact assessment. So Is there something that you're looking into as well? We, we have been looking into that. Yeah. Um, unwor- unfortunately, the, kind of, the underlying question is how European uh, AI regulation goes forward. So mm-hmm. we don't want to duplicate things as well. Uh, if there is some kind of uh, impact assessment requirement from the European Commission, then of course we are going to follow that. On, uh, but that said, we have actually already adapted uh, algorithmic impacts assessment in Estonian. But mm-hmm. we are kind of right now in between waiting for what's going to happen with AI regulation. Uh, New Zealand, I mentioned before, mm-hmm. they have adapted the best kind of a data stewardship program. Uh, and we are really looking forward. We have visited them as well to understand how their data stewardship program in the government operates, what kind of a function national statistics organization has. And th- for those who are unfamiliar, data stewardship or data steward are uh, people who are responsible for data, whether it is data quality finding data, so metadata. So it is a person responsible in an agency for the data asset. I don't want to call data a product, but it's something like a product owner, somebody who really signs responsible at the end of the day that this thing is in order. So yeah, absolutely crucial stuff. Um, But are there any last words that you want to share with us, any wisdoms for the rest of the world, uh, what to focus on in the uh, area of AI and data governance? So it is definitely important to understand if you want to carry out any of the AI projects itself, you start. You need to start investing in data governance. Mm-hmm. I mentioned that before as well. So um, metadata, data quality, without kind of making sure that your backyard is uh, clean and in order, it is really difficult to carry out project itself. And as I said before as well, keep it simple, stupid. Simplicity is the key. 
All right. And with that wisdom, we will leave you for today, dear listener. Uh, Ot, thank you so much for being with us today. And to our listeners, thank you as always uh, for supporting us and staying with us for this lovely conversation and the digital uh, conversation and the art of digitalization, as we like to call it. Thank you so much and hear you next time. Thank you. And that's the end of yet another thought-provoking conversation about the art of digitalization. In the meantime, make sure to stay connected with eEstonia on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn. You can also check out our website e-estonia.com to learn more about digitalization in this beautiful country and other upcoming events. For now, that is all from our side. Stay tuned for our next podcast episode and have a great day. Thank you.